everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zakari, and today's guest is Allison Leia. Allison is a songwriter, vocalist, and multi instrumentalist. Born and raised just north of New York City, she is actually from the same county slash town-ish area as me. And I'm really excited to be chatting with her today. Today we're going to talk about how she transitioned and dealt with this COVID-19 outbreak as a singer, songwriter, pop folk artist who had a tour planned and a move to Nashville planned and all of that got shaken up and kind of tossed aside and put on hold when the COVID-19 pandemic broke out. Now, of course, like any songwriter does, she wrote a song about it, and that song, We Can Still Sing, is out now. So this is a really juicy episode. We're talking all about Allison's journey. She's giving us a very vulnerable look into what it's actually like to be an indie artist dealing with this right now. And so I think that you will definitely resonate with this episode. Plus, she gives us tangible tips that we can use moving forward. And of course, we're going to share her song, We Can Still Sing. That is something I know you're going to be blasting, adding to your playlist, and again, really resonating with during this time. Now, before we hop into today's episode, I want to tell you about a very very special announcement. Now, in this episode, you'll actually hear Allison talk about one of the big things she needed and wanted to do when this pandemic hit was figure out how she was going to make money. Especially as a musician, the road ahead became super unclear when all this happened and we were put in lockdown and gigs were no longer happening. Now, I hear this from my clients Honestly, pandemic or not, there's always a concern about money. And that's why I've decided to create and launch my Musicians Make More Money Tracker and Planner. Now, this is something that I've only ever offered to one-on-one clients before as a tool that we use in my one-on-one coaching program to help them build out their business strategy and plan their finances. Then I started to offer it as a bonus as well to people who joined my course from Stress to Success. Well, now, given everything that's going on, I've decided to sell it as a standalone product so that you can get in and you can get help with your finances as an artist for a much cheaper price and without joining any other programs if you don't want to do that. So if you are struggling with finances right now, if you are looking to plug leaks and check your spending and figure out how much money you actually have and get clear on what your money goals actually are and plan ahead for the future and set a plan for how you are going to bring in money and hit those money goals, then this is the perfect thing for you. This bundle includes a budget tracker and planner via Google Sheets. So it's super easy to use and auto calculates all the fun things for you so that you can really optimize it. And a video training that goes along with it that not only explains how to actually use a tracker, but also how to make the most of it and things that you can do right now in your day to day to improve your finances. So this product is available now and For the launch, I am doing an introductory price at 50% off. So our starting price is down from $50 to less than $25. All you have to do is head to bit.ly slash out to be money. And that's going to take you right to the page where you can check out and use code money in all caps for a 50% off discount to grab that introductory price. This deal is not going to last. So you definitely want to get in on this introductory price so that you can start making more money and save money while you're at it. 
Plus, I am giving the first 10 people who buy a free, totally free 30-minute call with me to go over the tracker, to review your finances, and to make a plan to bring in more money. This is freaking crazy. I just came up with this idea today, but I'm really, really, really excited because I love diving deep in this stuff. So go and grab it now, like now, capital N-O-W, now. Head to bit.ly slash out to be money or head to the link in the show notes. Use code money at checkout for 50% off to grab that introductory price. And if you act fast, you could be one of the first 10 to buy who gets that free 30 minute bonus call. So don't hesitate, go grab yours now. That's all from me for today. So otherwise, let's hop into today's episode with Allison Leia. Hey Allison, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hey Katie, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. Well, we are both from the same place in New York, which is exciting because I've known you for a little while now, and I'm excited to finally have you on the podcast for a very special reason, to talk about your song, We Can Still Sing. So before we dive into the song, tell us a little bit about you and what you do as a musician. Yeah, so um, I am a folk pop musician and singer-songwriter. I am originally from where we are in Westchester County, New York, and um, I've been bopping around for a little bit. I decided to settle on moving to Nashville, Tennessee, and I signed my lease March 12th, and I am not in Tennessee right now, obviously, (laughs) due to our circumstance, but yeah, I've been doing music for essentially my entire life. I remember when I was like eight years old, I was singing along to Schoolhouse Rock like videos at a holiday party and an agent heard me and asked me to do commercials. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that was kind of like my early exposure to the music industry was just like skipping school every once in a while to record um, jingles. And so after that, I never really thought that I would do anything other than music growing. Like once I, I, used to say like, once I'm grown up, I'll be a singer, but I never really figured out how to do that until I got to college, um, where I was a communications major because I still was like, I'm going to be a singer. I just have no idea how to do that. So people would literally say, okay, you're going to be a singer, but you're getting a degree in journalism. And I was like, yeah, because it'll happen. And (laughs) eventually when I was going into my sophomore year of college, it kind of clicked that if I'm actually going to be a singer, no one's going to make it happen for me and I need to make it happen myself. And so I started writing music and started gigging the second I got back to college that year. And um, at the end of my senior year of college, I released my first EP and then organized a little tour. And that was kind of what started it. I just loved touring and releasing music so much that now two years later, still doing it. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. And I've loved watching everything that you've done. Like you are such a self-starter. I feel like you really were so excited and you bring such a positive energy to figuring stuff out and like gigging and interacting with people. And it's really awesome to watch. And I know that you like many, every musician, dare I say, (laughs) were very (laughs) affected when things changed. Like you were moving, you had a tour um, planned. What was it like experiencing the changes that happened from the coronavirus and from what we're experiencing right now as a globe? 
Yeah. So yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. But I had my spring tour planned. It was going to start March 13th in Louisville, Kentucky. The plan was to go down to Nashville for a few weeks from the end of February to mid-March and find an apartment because earlier this year, I reevaluated my goals and just, it was a similar realization to the realization I had when I finally decided to start writing music and take that step forward. But my heart's always leaned toward going to Nashville and I've been doing the New York City music hustle and I really enjoy playing shows, but I just find that New York has changed and gone to a more underground scene. And I find that it serves artists that are definitely more like indie punk vibes. Like I find that those are my friends that are finding a lot of success in New York are the ones that are doing the rap scene, the punk scene, the even like the alternative scene. And so as a folk singer songwriter, I was like, I, th I think I have to go to Nashville, but obviously it's hard because everyone that I know and my family and everything is up in New York. So I decided I was like, this March, I'm going to do it. I'm going to move to Nashville. It's just going to happen. And so I went down in February, like I mentioned, to search for an apartment. I found one. I signed the lease. And the plan was that I had a, I believe, 11 city tour planned to, and it was about 13 shows to go back to New York. And then I was going to visit my sister who was studying abroad in Amsterdam. And then I was going to come right back and at the beginning, mid April, move right back to Nashville and start my next step of my career there. And so on March 12th at like eight o'clock at night, um, I got the call that the Louisville gig was canceled for the 13th and you should be prepared because every gig is about to probably be canceled. My immediate reaction was a little bit of disbelief, but also yeah. just like this immediate, well, the rest of the shows won't be canceled even though I was just told they were. It's just this one. So I need to figure out how to cancel my hotel tomorrow night and how to or reorganize my travel plan so I can still get to Indianapolis on the following day. And I think that's just a very personal way that I attack um, hardship, as you literally just said before. I, I'm a very solution-oriented person, so when something happens, my immediate reaction is to find the way around it. And I know that that's definitely helped me in some regards in the industry, but for this one, this was like, obviously. There's no way around it. Yeah. yeah. This, was, this was not like, a, okay, we're going to reorganize your travel. This was, you need to now sit down and figure out what your actual next step in life is because the next however long is going to be a lot different than you'd planned it. So I ended up the next day on March 13th kind of accepting that the entire tour was canceled. I started getting the calls from, so I was playing a lot of shows through So Far Sounds, um, which is, if you don't know it, it's an organization um, that puts on like secret house shows slash um, just secret shows and spaces that are um, around the country or on the world. And they're I, I love them as an organization because they really help their indie artists and they're doing a lot for indie artists right now. So 
I started getting the calls from the different chapters that like one by one they were being canceled and then eventually so far released a statement later on the 13th that so far shows are canceled indefinitely and I and this also like I had shows planned through the end of June through so far so I had the so far tour and some other shows lined up in there but I also had like another 10 so far shows canceled that would have been happening now so I was like all right now I need to figure what to do I kind of drove straight to my boyfriend's house <laughs> or his apartment I should say I just felt like there's nowhere else to go like I just felt so crushed and this is the artist speaking not the logical person but I totally felt like this was just an attack on me and that the universe didn't want me to tour anymore and all of those negative thoughts started pouring in but he was the one who was like Allison like this is he's also um he has his master's degree in infectious disease so he was the person to tell me like Allison. Oh, he's it. like, it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, literally saying, because meanwhile, now he's like going to work extra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I have no more job. Like, so. <laughs> but he was like, okay, so since you're trying to find a solution, like, let's find productive things for you to do right now, but also you need to take a break and like basically realize that this is about the entire world's safety. Yeah. And granted, obviously, I care deeply about the people that were coming to the show, the artists, the hosts, the fans, the friends, the family. This is like, just disclaimer, I obviously know that that's what's most important. I think there was just this part of me, like I said, that was just like grieving. And when yeah. you grieve, there's like ugly emotions that come out <laughs> just like feeling that way so I was feeling all of these things the next few days were a lot of me trying to call and cancel hotels flights and honestly a lot of them weren't cancelable a lot of I just like lost a lot of money a lot of time that I had put into booking these flights and booking these hotels and it was upsetting um but now eventually I came from this and um my whole big thought process with my boyfriend was to do two things. One of the things that I had to figure out was how to continue making money, basically. Yeah. And then I wanted to do that, and then one thing creative. So yeah. for the money, I decided on creating a Patreon. Mm -hmm. And for the creative side, I decided to write a song every single day. Um, and obviously writing a song every single day was a pretty loose thing. I think I was just trying to get my creative juices flowing, especially, I, I wonder if any artists can relate to this. I feel like it makes sense since it's pretty a pretty universal feeling from what I've heard from other artists, but I find that I'll be in create mode and then I'll be in record mode and then I'll be in tour mode and it's very hard to shift from one to the other. So when I'm on tour, I very rarely write music, but I write a ton of music after a tour. So I think that getting my mindset to shift and say, okay, you were going to be in tour mode, but nope, now you're in create mode. And honestly, letting myself feel the emotions that I was feeling toward losing the tour or canceling the tour or postponing the tour was very helpful because then I ended up writing my newest single, We Can Still Sing. So that kind of brings me, brings me to that. 
I'm so glad that you shared all of that. Thank you for being so open and, and honest and vulnerable because I imagine that almost every person who's listening can resonate in some way. Something mm-hmm. had to change, right? Like no matter what it was, you had an expectation of what was going to happen for the next day, week, month, year, whatever it might be. And that was out of your control. It was changed. It was canceled. It was postponed. It was rearranged. And I, I love what you said about, you know, saying, it's not that I don't care. I care deeply, but I was just grieving through this change. And it's so important to acknowledge that you are allowed to have feelings about this. You worked really hard for something and now that's gone or that's changed and that's okay. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into the, the, how this may have affected your mental health or like feeling well, as well as your mindset. You kind of touched on some of the mindset shifts that you had to make, but talk a little bit about how this affected you and what you did to support yourself to kind of come out of it from a wellness perspective. Oh yeah. All of that. I know I have so much I want to say, but (laughs) basically I think coming from an indie artist perspective too, I think one of the hardest things for me to deal with mentally was the way outside people were commenting on the tour loss. I found that the hardest part for me personally when this tour was canceled was needing to immediately go on social media and kind of share that this is canceled. I find that when things happen that are pretty negative, it usually takes me a really long time to start talking about it. But this was literally like the tour was canceled March 13th. I had to go on March 13th and tell everybody not to come to the show tonight. So that really forced, for lack of a better word, grieving process, like it just forced me to deal with it really, really quickly. And I found that one of the most difficult things that I dealt with from a mental health perspective, other than the immediate anxiety of like, I have no idea what's going to happen right now, but I feel like that came after. I felt immediately when I had to, when I shared the tours canceled, right? I made a whole big post about this. I also included a part about how this is affecting me as an indie artist. And I felt that was like the hardest for me to share was because the biggest thing that I dealt with and I'm still dealing with from this is the people who were saying, oh, you'll, you'll get another tour. I know it. And I, totally understand where they are coming from and obviously like these people the people who were saying this were not indie artists at all and I don't like no shade to anyone because even the fact that they reached out to me in the first place is incredibly kind I think it was just like the way that they were saying that I'm like do you know how much work goes in that I put in like I don't have you know, a booking agency booking me the entire tour. And then they say, oh, we'll we'll reschedule it. Like, I don't know if this tour is ever going to happen again. I'm hoping that I can make it back to the cities and play shows there, but it's not going to be the same order. It's not, you know, and I don't, I don't know. I was going to go to Indianapolis. When am I going to be able to be there? So I think that it was the, um, the tour was hard. Like it was just like sad but I felt like I felt helpless when it came to interacting with people after that. Like, other than, like, my parents and my boyfriend, it was very difficult for me to talk to anybody. And personally, I 
do struggle with anxiety and I find I I find that I push away my anxiety by kind of overworking sometimes just as so many other artists probably do at least the couple of artists that I've talked to about this that share this with me I think since art comes from such a deep place like we really once we have to be there to create the art it's hard to kind of say, okay, that was a song that we wrote and now I need to move on from it. Granted, the reason I started writing music in the first place was because of how cathartic music is. So I felt that when I was going through my first breakup, right, I wrote a couple songs about it and then I felt better because I was able to put these emotions into something. And I find that that, like, again, like, it's pretty solution-based. It's like, okay, once I write a song about this, I will feel better. It's finding ways to make myself feel better that might not actually, in the long run, be, I I don't want to say be the healthiest thing. I think it's just, like, when I do something productive with my sadness, I feel like, okay, now I can push that sadness aside because I already did something productive with it. So, (laughs) if this makes sense, I found that once I really truly said, like, you are experiencing anxiety because you don't know what is happening next, then I was able to start actually taking steps toward moving on and until I did that like the posting on social media nothing mattered because I was still feeling this anxiety toward everything toward not even toward like the tour the career the financial instability but also toward like my relatives my health yeah like the entire world everyone I know that's like gotten sick like all of that so I think it was just kind of all coming out at once yeah there's two things two patterns that I see to be really true in the music industry especially in female artists and number one is using music as a way to work through emotions but also sort of using it as like you said oh I wrote a song about it and now I'm fine and not Mm -hmm. doing all the work necessary or not fully acknowledging the anxiety or emotions that you might be experiencing. Like you mentioned, it changed for you when you were able to say like, okay, wait, I'm actually having anxiety. Let me acknowledge this and and work through this. And then the second thing is something you also alluded to, which was not necessarily separating the music or the tour or the work from you, right? Like when you are an indie artist, everything you do and everything you write is you. So when you're rejected or when something's canceled, it could be like, I feel personally attacked or I feel like I personally failed. And I think that those two things right now, given what we're going through, are something that we, everyone, but especially as women in music, are faced with, are having to like deal with head on. Like we have to be able to figure out okay, am I just passing over these emotions and how is that serving me? Because probably not. And what am I really feeling? And two, how can I separate myself, my well-being from like me as an artist? Mm-hmm. Do you find that that resonates with you and that was part of your experience? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I think what you said about everything that I do, like, yeah, when you write a song and you put yourself out there that way, that's a piece of your heart that's a piece of you but also like when you reach out to someone about booking a show and if you don't hear back you're like what did I do honestly yeah. they probably didn't see the email yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I spent the first probably like the first year of my 
music career, shifting my mindset, my mindset specifically when it came to outreach, actually, I used to fall into the trap of once I reached out to say 20 people, say it's like 20 blogs. If I didn't hear back, I would say like I was rejected 20 times. Or if I heard back and they said no, I would say I was rejected 20 times. And I actively switched that to I put myself out there 20 times. And that has made all the difference in my entire music career because if I, if anyone gets stuck in how many times they're rejected, how could you move on from that? So I think, unfortunately, that was a mindset that came up back up when the tour was rejected. I was like, I finally did it. And in the end, it didn't work. But I mean, obviously, I'm not going to harp on that because I think that that was a very specific example and it's not a good representation of like everything that, you know, I've worked through as an artist and like worked toward, like I've had other tours that I've loved. I've had like other releases and st- like that's come up differently. So I don't want to be like, you know, sending my time saying like how depressed I was once the tour was canceled, but, but it's I, relevant because this is what's yeah. coming up for all yes. other people too, right? It's like, yeah. you may have healed old wounds, but then this thing happened where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't expect yeah. this. I didn't, I didn't do anything, but yet I'm somehow like being triggered again and like having similar emotions come up and now I have to deal with it all over. Again. Yeah. And even like the moving to Nashville part of it, like I spent, I spent two, I honestly, I spent like about four years because I decided I wanted to move to Nashville after college between my sophomore and junior year. And then I graduated college and life kind of took hold. And I ended up like just doing the music scene in the city, like I said. And So I finally decided on moving to Nashville and all of a sudden I'm back in New York and I'm kind of like, okay, like, is this really something I want to do? And I'm just like, yes, it is. You're literally paying rent for your apartment in Nashville as we speak. So you are moving there. Like you've already worked through this. (laughs) You're doing it. Um, And I think just because right now we are spending so much time isolated, all of these emotions are coming back up. Totally. Like, I'm feeling anxiety I haven't felt since I was 15 years old when I was really, really struggling with it. And I don't know, like, I mean, obviously I believe that's due to the circumstance of our world and my personal situation, but just like, how is this happening again? Like, haven't I worked through this before, like almost 10 years ago? So I think that's that's been a huge part of it as well. So what are you doing to support yourself not only through the emotions that are coming up in your music career, but also just as Allison, as a person who's dealing with anxiety, what are some of your top tips or top habits that you go back to and that you really use to support yourself through these times? Um, for Well, I think one of my biggest contributors to anxiety, or I guess I should say, typically when I have anxiety, it comes out a lot in the form of anger. Mm-hmm. Like I'll start getting very mad about such little things. It happens to me too. Really? <laughs> and I love talking about it because, and I love when other people talk about it because I feel like that's like an underrated symptom yeah. so say, yeah. of anxiety. Like everyone thinks anxiety is just being like nervous and like, uh, I'm nervous and I don't know and I'm uncertain and I'm shaking, but sometimes it's like legit anger. 
Yeah, no, it's literally like, I'm just mad about everything. And I don't, I'm usually not a very mad person. So I'm just like, oh, I have to remember that this is anxiety. But what I've been doing for that is when something angers me, I, or like even when I think about like the tour or, okay, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like in terms of outreach right now, but if like a blog wrote back and said, we are not interested in using your song, right? So just like typical rejection. I have started to get angry and just be like, how do they not understand? And what I've started doing is counting to 10 and just basically spending the 10 seconds being like, I'm so upset. I'm so angry. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. And I can't believe them. I'm so mad at them. Like letting the worst parts of the anger like come out. And then after 10 seconds being like, and I'm never going to think about it again. Like I'm literally never going to be angry towards this person ever again. It's a waste of my enter my mental space. And that's been super helpful just in terms of like in general dealing with rejection in the music industry but especially now when it when anxiety with my family comes up like I'm living with my family for the first time in years right now Uh, my sister's home my brother's home my parents are home I'm in my childhood home and this is like there's stuff that's come up that we haven't we haven't had all of us here um, to deal with. So I think even just recognizing like that we're all cooped up in this house together is a huge part of it, but also just talking and like talking to my parents about what I'm feeling, talking to my sister. I've been very much being like, okay, like I want to watch a movie with my sister tonight just to take my mind off the world. Um, which I'm not a huge movie watcher. I'm not a huge TV watcher, but I've been kind of trying to be in this, time period to just take my mind off of everything and it's actually been clearing my head a lot but other than that like feasible tips are probably (laughs) that I've also been using I've been like exercising making sure I'm like going for runs making sure that I'm spending time with family in a positive way cooking I've been cooking so much just because I love finding new recipes and it's something that I've always wanted to get better at. So it definitely takes my mind off of everything. I love it. And of course, writing music is a good way, like we said, to work through those emotions and process it and share it with the world and help other people. So tell us about your song, We Can Still Sing, the idea that sparked it and how the process of creating it came to be. Yeah. So We Can Still Sing was actually the first song that I wrote in that little challenge that I left for myself. I was like, okay, you're going to write a song every single day. Turns out I wrote one song on that challenge, Um, (laughs) but, but it's, it's for good reason, in my opinion. Um, So I sat down and I wasn't really intending to write a song about coronavirus and the pandemic. When I sit down to write by myself. I really try and let myself write whatever my heart wants. I think that toward the beginning of my music process and my music career and when I started writing music consistently, I was saying, I want to write a song about traveling today. I want to write a song about my family today, whatever the topic was. And then I would do that. And I found that 
every once in a while, the songs that were the best were the ones that were unplanned. And I used to fight against them because I didn't know much about songwriting. I hadn't taken any courses yet. I hadn't done a lot of like research yet. And I hadn't written a lot of music yet. That was when I'd written like 10 songs. So now when I sit down to write, I try and figure out what my emotions are that day and how I'm feeling and just figuring out what I want the song to be about from that. I'm not going to try and force anything to happen that's not organically going to happen. And I ended up stopping myself because I didn't want to write the song because once I wrote the song, then I had to admit that this was happening and that this was the new normal. And I was like, but maybe I can write the song tomorrow because then that could be the first day of the challenge. And I realized very quickly that this was just me putting off the acceptance of the fact that this is the new normal. And so I kind of had this phrase in my head of four days in and I can't pick up a pen because when I do, then I'll have to admit this is happening. And it wasn't a song lyric. It was just what I was feeling. And then I kind of realized, I think, I think that that's a song lyric. And I picked up my guitar and I started like playing this C pattern. And then I just sang those lyrics and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm just venting. Let me just vent to my guitar for a little bit. And in doing that, I just put my phone on record and I'd written the first verse and the second verse. And I didn't have any idea for a chorus yet. I just figured, okay, I'm just kind of freestyle venting to my guitar. And then I took a break for a second and picked up my phone to check some other notification, which I usually don't do. I usually turn my phone off during writes, but I had some other notification or email that I had to answer about one of the canceled shows. And I ended up on Instagram, as we all do, when we pick up our phone to check up uh, check on a notification. Of course, you can't just <laughs> you can't just answer the email. You have it's, to scroll on Instagram for 15 minutes before you get back to what you're doing. It's literally, I this is a side note. I've literally started setting timers so I don't overwork. That has just been another thing that has helped me. I've been like, you're only allowed to spend 30 minutes on your emails today. And it's just That's forced me tip. to prioritize. Yeah. Because yeah. then you actually go for it and you don't get distracted. Yeah. Other, I've sat on my email for like four hours and answered one email. And I'm just like, how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, the first video I saw on Instagram was one of those viral videos that came out of Italy and people were singing from their balconies and I don't even know how it happened. I think I just like light bulb moment picked up my guitar and started playing the chorus of We Can Still Sing. Like it's the lyrics are We Can Still Sing. We have our voices, you and me. We have a home beneath our feet and a family. And I was just like, I did not have a point to the song until right now. Like, and I never felt like more excited about what I was doing with the song. So I just literally finished the song in like 15 minutes once the chorus happened the bridge fell out and then I was like just rearranging some of the lyrics to make the verses flow better like that four days in line ended up the second verse and so on um but I was just like I think the song's done and when I read it back I was like oh my gosh like these the verses are dark like the verses one of the lines is I want to disappear feel like my whole life's ending here and I think that's the most honest I've ever been in a song because that's like like it's sung very cheerful but that's like literally the deepest anxiety that I have and the deepest like darkest spot of this 
pandemic that I was in where I was just like, I literally don't know what I'm living for anymore. And saying that this was the first time I'd ever gotten the courage to say anything like that in a song. Like this is by far the most honest song I've ever written, partially because I was intending to never release it. I was doing it as an exercise. So once I finished the song, I was like, I feel like this is like, I feel like I should show it to my parents. Right. So I, I literally sent them a voice memo because they'd been asking me, I I wasn't home at this point yet. And they were like, what are you up to? What are you up to? What are you up to? What are you doing? I'm like, cause they were also trying to make sure I was okay. Cause they knew that I was definitely not okay the day before. Yeah. And, um, I sent them the song and they were both like, wow, that's really good. And I was like, thanks. Okay. Bye. Like just not really thinking anything of it. But then like two days later, my dad called me and he was like, that song's really good. And I was like, thanks again. Like, yay. <laughs> and then he was like, no, like, like I like you should release that song, and I was like, okay. Your dad's not. a producer, so that's worth mentioning. He has an ear for music. He's not <laughs> dad. He's not just a dad being like, good job. He was, but I'm just viewing it as, oh, my parents like it. Yeah, okay, he's still cause... your dad, right? Yeah. So you probably. <laughs> but yeah, no, that is worth mentioning. Um, and I'll get there because I I know <laughs> I'll get to how the recording process actually happened. But yeah, so he's he's a producer, and his studio is based in Manhattan, but he's actually turned our entire living room into a makeshift studio right now so he doesn't have to to go in so there's been music 24 7 in this house and yeah anyway um so a couple days later my sister was coming home from study abroad and she was distraught so we my parents were like you should come home and on also side of side um I was hired to play my first virtual house concert, which has been another way that I've maintained a relationship with my fans right now and also like been able to make some sort of income. And so that's been so much fun, but I didn't have any of my gear. So I was like, I think I need to go home and get my gear. And then I'm able to like, obviously play a proper concert. Right. And so I got home and that night, actually my friend Noah Chichester, so... I was supposed to visit him in Spain on April 16th and I was going to gig. I was going to go around Spain with him and it was going to be so much fun and obviously not happening. Spain was on lockdown before America was. So he just posted on Facebook this video of him singing from his balcony and he's a classically trained opera singer. He's incredible. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Same thought. I got to show my parents. (laughs) Look what my friend's doing. And my dad, that's literally my dad was like, have him send you this video. You should release this song and put this, put his voice in it. And I was like, all right. Okay. That sounds kind (laughs) of cool. (laughs) Fine. I have nothing else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also just like, Granted, like, when I say my dad's a producer, like, he has his own projects and stuff going on. So I think the misconception, and this is another whole part of my own anxiety about my own music career, is that I'm constantly in fear that people will think I'm not doing as, like, I'm not doing this, and I'm not writing the songs, that I'm not doing it, that my dad's doing it all for me, because he's successful, and he's been able to maintain a music career for the last 30 years, and obviously, 
that's not the case. Like he has his own projects going on. He's mixing day and night in our living room. So when he said this, I knew it meant something. And I think that was like what changed my mind was, okay, a lot of the times when I ask him to work on a song with me, it becomes a mu- like a couple months long of a process figuring out both of our schedules because he's working every single day. So now I was like, okay, he he's willing to take the time out right now. And so we should do it and at yeah. least see where it goes. And so that, that was the story of how we decided to release it. And then we ended up just literally waking up super early and recording tracking down like the piano the guitar the bass I did all of the playing of the piano guitar and bass and then um my dad did the percussion and then I was tracking vocals when my dad actually suggested again like we should get our entire family involved and so then my entire like my mom dad my sister and my brother and I all did more percussion And then my brother and sister sang background vocals. So there's a section of the song in the last chorus where you hear a giant chorus of voices and that's my siblings. And so that was another incredible thing to come from this where I was just like, literally in 30 years, we're still going to have this. And that just makes me so happy that I'm able to like have this with my family and Yeah. And then we ended up putting Noah's voice in it. We actually had him sing a lot of (laughs) options for us. So I literally was texting him, can you go out your window and sing this tonight in this key? And he was and recording it and sending it to me. (laughs) So yeah, I was like, you're a very good friend. And then when all of the recording was done, I was like, can you please just like lean out your window and take the album cover too? (laughs) Just like have your roommate like take a picture of you for the album cover. (laughs) So yeah, he was great. Um, And that's, that's kind of the story of how I created it. And now it's on Spotify. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy that it's come from this, that all of the cancellations and all of the hard hardship that the world was facing and out of all the difficult time that we had like I and my family like now have this little four minute long song to look back on so it's so beautiful I have chills (laughs) just hearing you talk about it it's so good um so the song is out now people can listen to it now yeah I wanted to thank you for coming on for sharing your story your experience like I said I know that so many people can resonate with this and I think it's really important to be open and honest about the fact that even though we all want what's best for humanity and we want people to stay healthy there's a reality of the situation where things got shaken up for people both in terms of their careers, their families, their finances, whatever it might be. And that's something that we all have to acknowledge and work through. So thank you, Allison, for sharing your experience and for creating a very beautiful and inspiring song that we can all go listen to. So we're going to play the song in just a moment here. But before we do, Allison, where can we keep up with you, connect with you, follow you, support you? Yeah. First, thank you so much, Katie. I had so much fun. And you can follow me at Allison Leia Music. It's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-L-E-A-H Music on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, my Spotify is Allison Leia and my website's AllisonLeaMusic.com.
Amazing. Thank you so much again. And now here is We Can Still Sing by Allison Leia. Two months ago, I wrote a note about my hopes and my goals and dreams. All I wanted to see and get done this year. Had my life planned day by day. Sign a lease, play a show, take a trip, and find a band I call my own. What happens now? Find it hard to say what I want on edge and so misunderstood. Do you think I'm selfish? Cause I had that to do list. I want to disappear, feel like my whole life's ending here. And then you remind me we can still sing. We have our voices, you and me. We have a home beneath our feet and a family. Can still hope one day when this is over we will joke of all that time we spent inside and how beside ourselves we were four days in and I can't pick up a pen cause when I do then I'll have to admit this is happening but it's happening Knowing now what I wish I knew then Would I still have planned every day like I did? Find it hard to not fall asleep Close my eyes and leave reality When I say I'm scared Will you still be there to comfort me? I want to disappear Feel like my whole life's ending here and then I remember we can still sing. We have our voices, you and me. We have a home beneath our feet and a family. And we can still hope. One day when this is over, we will joke of all that time we spent inside. And how beside ourselves we were. We can still. Inside and how beside ourselves we were, we can still. 